0: To always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game tea podcast X. you can find us on Facebook at The Game tea Podcast, and you can find us on Instagram at The Game tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. and welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. I'm Zach, And I'm Zar. Boys, it's been a crazy couple of weeks for us. We did a successful collab. We're hitting, like, followers on social media. We just hit 2,000 plays on the pod. Every once in a while, we just got to remember, hey, this is a podcast about video games. And we like to play video games
1: so this segment is games we are playing so it's pretty much just a simple review system of the games that we're currently playing um so basically kind of go through these things um just so you know as a viewer kind of why we picked up the game talk about its graphics talk about the characters in the game we talk about the story talk about the gameplay talk about the mechanics then we got final thoughts and then we give a score out of 10. with that all being said can i go first you may what are you playing zach well, a little foreshadowing for Saturday, guys. I'm playing World of Warcraft again. <laughs> He's so cracked out.
2: He doesn't even know what day it is. Zach, what year is it?
0: Oh, uh, 2020. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> all
1: right. <so laughs> what is Professor
0: Oak's grandson's name?
1: <laughs> I don't know. You have to tell me uh, the, why I picked up World of Warcraft. So funny story about that. I, I was like in sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. Yeah, I think it was seventh grade. I broke my back. And while all my friends were outside playing video games, I went to Best Buy with with my good friend Dylan. We uh, went into Best Buy and I saw there was a free demo for World of Warcraft. And then my dad was feeling generous. I guess I broke my back. So he, he bought me the World of Warcraft and the expansions.
0: I actually didn't know the story of why you got into World of Warcraft. That's kind of touching. I remember when you broke your back. It was from skateboarding at that skate park we were all at.
1: Right. And so I was out of commission for like two months, maybe three months. And so you had to go to school in a brace. I totally wanted to six pack abs. <laughs> <laughs> so World of Warcraft is known for its cartoony art style. And I definitely think that is why it's still relevant today. A lot of these um, games go for super realistic. And if you went for super realistic in 2004, there's a high chance your game is dead now. So yeah, I think that cartoony art style has really helped World of Warcraft stand the test of time.
0: It really has, especially when you consider that the alternatives are like RuneScape, which doesn't hold up at all. And yeah, I mean, it's World of Warcraft, for God's sakes. There's not much that can compete with it. I mean, it's a name that everybody knows and that legendary art it does it's got a legendary art style to it i mean
2: hell every like every animated show has done something with a hat tip to uh world of warcraft especially like south park doing an entire episode in the world of
0: world of Warcraft. that is my favorite <laughs> episode ever it that? is probably
1: my favorite too <laughs> it's just so good it's so on the nose and they they like actually put it in the game so i love it back <laughs> when blizzard back when blizzard had a soul it was pretty neat <laughs> Those were the days. Uh, characters, guys, there's so many characters in World of Warcraft. I don't have time. None of us have time. We could be here for three, eight, four hours of me just telling you all the characters. This game is expansive. This thing is huge. And if you like story, even though some things do get retconned, um, they make a very engrossing story. That's a lot of fun, even though it does get some shit every now and then.
0: So there's a tons of characters, but what are a couple of your favorites?
1: My favorite is uh, Green Jesus uh, Thrall. He's an orc (laughs) shaman. Uh, He has saved the world on a few occasions, and I'm waiting to see what he does next. I also like Illidan Stormrage because I'm a basic bitch. Illidan's really cool. He's got kind of an anti-hero story. He he has a very strong anti-hero story. And then there's you. You're the main character, so you kind of make your own story, which is pretty neat. It is kind of funny because, I mean, I I really think it's expansion 8 or 9. I really don't know because there was Vanilla, which is the base game. There's Burning Crusade, which was the second. And the Burning Crusade is you fighting a bunch of aliens to save the world. The third one is about you fighting a bunch of zombies to save the world. The fourth expansion is Cataclysm, which is a dragon destroys the world. Like they reshape the entire world. Then you go off to play with pandas. Then you go back in time to save... The orcs from ever becoming crazy. Yes, you go and fight the Legion again. And then they had, then they had another Legion one. The Legion's a pretty big deal, but they're pretty much dead now because it had three expansions worth. And then now we're at, oh yeah, so this nine was Battle for Azeroth, which is just ended basically. And it was basically you, Horde versus Alliance and a bunch of fighting and pretty much setting up more plot because they're running out of plot. (laughs) So they're making new stories finally. Okay. And the 10th one, this one, which is Shadowlands, which is basically um, one of the board leaders has gone batshit crazy and they pretty much shattered the realm between death and the living. And so you kind of have, it looks really cool, but it's like you have two different uh, worlds kind of thing. It's like a mirrored world, you know what I mean? Like it's like a, the, the world of the dead, but it's all like flipped. No, I don't know what you mean. But... <laughs> Sounds right up Zars Alley. It really does. So gameplay and game mechanics kind of go together. Point and click. It's a. It's not really point and click. You have actions. You, you, you can queue up the actions and you attack. It's very interactive.
0: It really is. It's actually it's got a lot of depth to it. That's what I don't think a lot of people understand about World of Warcraft when they haven't played it is there is so much depth to the mechanics and the gameplay. So much to learn and so much to understand. And in fact, it can actually be a little intimidating when you get started playing the game, right?
1: And so that's why I really think I'm thankful that they redid the whole um, opening process, because I think that helps get rid of some of that intimidation because it is a lot, but that's also what makes it fun. It's like you can always get better at this game. You can always learn more. And it's a lot of fun with your personal
0: with your personal play style, like are you more using physical weapons? Do you like using spells? What do you like to do?
1: So I've done it all, but I'm 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 on the physical weapons boat. Because yeah.
0: if I if I were to play, I think spellcasting would be so much fun.
1: Oh JP, you're a mage, man. You're a mage.
0: I think I'm a mage. Zara, am I a mage? Oh yeah, definitely. Me
2: personally, I think there's nothing more satisfying than hacking your enemies to pieces with a rusty sword bow.
1: A rusty sword? <laughs> nice. I be rusty. Why are you trying to give people tetanus? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, tetanus, my only weakness. <laughs>
2: You'll be dead in three to five years now.
0: <laughs> Hope you had your tetanus booster. It's like, oh, I have it They haven't been invented yet.
1: Yeah, so are you a death knight, dude, for sure. Aw, <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm a warrior or a paladin. I can't decide yet. I'm still going back and forth. That's what's kind of neat about the expansion is they kind of like add a lot of flavor. So there's 12 classes now. So you can play as a warrior, a hunter, a mage, a warlock, a death knight, a paladin. There's so much stuff that you can be in this game. And they do a good job of making everything feel very fun and unique. You guys ready for my final thoughts? Give us your final thoughts and then give us the score. I just think it's a really good game. It's stood the test of time. It gets old and you can get frustrated quickly. But that's the cool thing is you can just stop playing. Don't be an addict. Have fun with the game. Play with your friends. And once that's done, do something else. Smoke some crack. <laughs> i can stop whenever i want (laughs) i had to give a score i'd probably give it nine out of ten that's what i think about warcraft any questions comments concerns okay so
0: here's something that's always kind of confused me about world of warcraft so that's the overall game but then there's like probably been what like hundreds of expansions by now what's the latest expansion you've played
1: uh this is the 10th expansion shadowlands
0: okay so like this uh Your review has been more talking about like everything that you've experienced with that expansion or just the game as a whole?
1: Uh, So the game as a whole right now is October 18th.
0: And I think that's what's great about the game is because if you're going to charge the amount that they make charge you to play the game, they've got to make it worth your while. And they're going to do that by offering you new stuff frequently and just offering you a great experience. So you're absolutely right, Zach. I'm glad that World of Warcraft has stood the test of time because it's such a testament to gaming, in my opinion. I'm not a personally a huge fan of the game, but I've got a respect for what it's done and what's what it's established within gaming.
1: And so if you want to play, you can play the first 20 levels. It's free. And then if it's a 15 bucks a month um, thing if you do want to go past level 20. And then it's 40 bucks for the new expansion. So it's kind of a pricey game, but like they do constantly change it. And that's why it's kind of stood the test of time, like JP said. I was going to say it's
2: been a testament for you, especially because, I mean, you've been playing this for over a decade now. So like that that $55 price range is or well, I guess at one charge $55 and then $15 for the rest. Like that's kept you satiated for over 10 years. That's a good solid game in
0: my mind. That's fair. All right, Czar, I think it is your turn to talk about what you've been playing.
2: All right. So in the spirit of the spoopy season that is known as Halloween, I have been playing Dead Space, the original.
0: Going back to the classics, huh?
2: Oh yeah, nothing like a good old spoop. And what originally drew me to this game was, it was a phenomenon when it released, like a uh, brand new console horror game that just looked terrifying. And what brought me back to it was throughout Halloween, the month of October, I have been watching about a horror movie every night. And I went back and watched Dead Space: Downfall and Dead Space: Aftermath, and just got engrossed with the story again because it is a pretty crazy story. And those animated movies are completely canon, so it just it just nudged me to go back and play the the original Dead Space. And so that's why I've been doing that.
0: Interesting.
2: Now for the immersion and the graphics and art style oh man i have i have not seen this done better you are enclosed in a ship in outer space uh seamlessly floating it is completely stationary and i think there's only about 3 people alive when you get on board and I only say three people alive because once you encounter them, they shortly die after that or are in the process of dying. But as you walk through these claustrophobic walkways and unending pitfalls, everything is just hazy. There's steam around you, a lot of blood smeared all over the walls and satanic, well, I guess marker cult scripture written all over every wall. Uh, some places even have this organic biomatter that is encompassing most of the ship. And so as you traverse across the, shri- the ship and as you complete levels, you'll notice that the nasty wall gunk is growing. And the biggest example I have of that is in like level four, you go up to the bridge and there's some tentacly stuff growing on the wall. But then by the time you return to the bridge in like chapter 11 or something like that, Mm -hmm. the entire bridge is just coated with this organic matter that's just nasty and it pulsates and sometimes it even spurts little goo stuff all over your character. Oh, that's wonderful. I'll say this, for a game that was made in 2008, the graphics are flawless. Like the graphics are still beautiful, especially for how minimalistic they are. That's good that they hold up. Oh yeah, EA did a very good job, and I can't even begin to describe how creepy the atmosphere is. It's it's definitely a classic.
0: It's surprising that EA made such a great product that stood up so well, to be honest with you, but that was back in 2008 EA. I was gonna
1: say 2008 EA is different than today EA. Yep,
0: yeah, that's fair.
2: The, there is a sad ending to this story because by the time Dead Space 3 came out, the conclusion to this amazing story, EA already had their fingers interwoven with microtransactions and all sorts of shenanigans. It was awful. Good story, but I, I wouldn't touch anything else in Dead Space 3. Interesting. Anywho, back to the original Dead Space. Uh, we have three characters. At, well, technically four characters. So you have the flight crew which I think one of them the captain's name is like Haddock or something like that. I don't remember the girl's name. Uh, they're they're very minimal to the story. They just basically are like, hey, we need an engineer to go fix this. Go get your lazy ass down there. And <laughs> you go accordingly. And now you play as Isaac Clark, the man himself, the man with a mission. Um, he is an engineer for space and apparently engineers in this universe are the most badass people even above
0: soldiers because they actually have armor and their weaponry is useful (laughs) (laughs) well yeah with the soldiers i'm sure they just give them the basic bitch stuff and then just send them out to the wolves with engineers it's probably more like hey you're actually useful here's the good stuff Yeah, right.
2: Like the engineers are the ones that go from space back into the ship and zero gravity and, you know, don't notice a difference. Everyone else is like, what the fuck is zero G? (laughs) And that's so that's the main three characters. I did say there was a fourth character, kind of. The reason why Isaac Clark signed up for this mission to go to the Ishimura, uh, especially which the Ishimura is the ship that the game takes place on. Mm -hmm. is because his girlfriend was on the mining expedition when the ship went dark. Her name is Nicole, and you see a lot of her throughout the game. You see her in person, you see her all over the TV screens. But the question is, is she really there? Or is this game driving the protagonist
0: literally bonkers? I like that psychological aspect to it, because those are the best horror games, in my opinion. Like, jump scares are great and all, but psychological horror is chef's kiss. Wonderful.
2: Oh, well, that's the great thing about Dead Space is it mixes the sheer terror of jump scares with this psychological aspect. Because when you start the game, everything seems normal and you, you know, kind of wade slowly into hell. But by the time you're on the last chapter... You, the whispers that you hear in your ear are screaming at you. As the game progresses, you can tell that you're going crazier and crazier. Cause like when you go into the shop and like you start arranging your inventory, you hear whispers of somebody saying, uh, you can hear
0: me, can't you? You can hear me, can't you? Oh, that's you can terror. hear me, can't you? That's Just awful.
2: Over and over. And as you play longer and longer, those voices in your head get louder and louder.
0: Oh, Zach, do you want to play this game as much as I do? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so great.
2: And now I did say that there are jump scares because this is not like the typical horror game where you're shitting your pants running scared. You got a job to do and you best be stomping some skulls, which brings in the necromorphs, which are human characters that have been twisted by the evil marker that was found from cracking the planet open. And those things are are just terrifying. They are about six feet tall. They have giant spikes sticking out of their hands and their abdomen is split open, revealing tiny T-Rex arms that grab you and pull you close.
0: The T-Rex arms kind of sounds like it diminishes the, the horror factor.
2: You would think so, but like the tiny arms also hold in their guts.
0: Oh, you know what? Never mind. That's
2: terrifying. Forget, <laughs> I said, forget I said anything. But that's that like that's that's only one example of necromorphs. There's also literally babies that crawl on the walls. Don't like that. One of the worst parts about the game is going into the nursery. No. <laughs> yeah. No. So as I kind of alluded to with the characters and the graphics. We're at the story now. And the story is is relatively simplistic, That you but you find out that it is much deeper, and there is a reason why it is a trilogy series. So on first impression, Isaac Clark and the gang take a small scuttle ship to go infiltrate the Ishimura and try to figure out what went wrong, get it back online, and get it back to Earth. What they don't know is that this simple planet cracker was not harvesting, you know, ore for use on Earth. They were after a religious artifact called the Marker. Um, And 200 years ago, before the game takes place, a cult started around this marker, claiming that humankind was at an end and that it would humans would give birth to the new generation of elite species. What they didn't realize is that their transformation is literally being murdered and then your body being mutilated by some sort of parasite.
0: (laughs) I don't like this anymore. (laughs) Yep, so
2: you go on the ship, you find out about the marker, and then what you find out is actually terrifying because the marker you found is not alien it's human design oh okay yes um what you find out is that there was an alien marker found in earth it was not made by humans but it was placed there by some alien ancient species humans being the nasty notorious assholes that we are reverse engineered the markings on this holy icon made it their own essentially poisoned it and then shot it to a planet as an experiment to see what would happen and it turns out a lot of nasty dead mutilation happens
0: that's how you know they're true people of science it's like oh let's see what happens
2: (laughs) Yup. and so when the ishimura drug up the marker. They accidentally released everything that was residing on the planet and set it free upon the universe. Yay, woo! And that's that's so much of the story for Dead Space 1. Now the gameplay and game mechanics, I really like, but I can tell there's a lot of complaints from them because it is very clunky. It is a third person over the shoulder view with real time inventory management. So you pull up your inventory, you can still get your bones munched.
0: Ah, okay. You, you, you're you
2: very clunky when you walk, you can't turn on a dime. It's It's very primitive gameplay movement, but oh man, you feel the force behind every motion you do, whether it be jumping wall to wall in zero G or curb stomping enemies' heads, which the curb stomp is one of your most useful strategies. Because how you kill the enemy is not shooting at the body or even cutting off the head. In the first scene, when you get a gun, you see on the on the wall written in blood, cut off the limbs. Oh, golly. That is how you kill the enemies. You literally dismember them. Otherwise, they're going to keep getting back up. Yeah. So I, I love the feeling of force behind it. Like when you curb stomp. You feel like you're curb stomping. That's awesome. Yeah. And so (laughs) that's, that's what there is to gameplay. You got, you got guns. Um, it's all very fluid in motion. Everything is in game, giving you that sense of, uh, hysteria and pressure that anything could be waiting for you to just check your ammo supply around the corner.
0: See, if it weren't for, like, the real-time inventory management, this sounds a lot like it could be, like, along the lines of Resident Evil-type titles, but that would only be for, like, the remakes. It sounds like Dead Space was really kind of the catalyst for a lot of these more modern, like, horror game mechanics.
2: I really think you're right on that. And I mean, I will say, for as clunky as Isaac Clarke is, jumping through space in zero-G is really easy and really fun. Like you, you feel like you went from being a heavy sack of shit to like light as a feather,
0: still a sack of shit, but
2: (laughs) yeah, still a sack of shit, but you know, just lighter. (laughs) And so my final thoughts on this game are, I will continue to go back to this game time and time again, because they just do such a good job of giving you a sense of hopelessness that, you are going to die as well as providing you that adrenaline to keep you going through the game and keep you running just absolutely on your toes. I from jump scares to literally making the player feel like they're going insane and stopping to listen to hear what they're, what whispers in their ear. It's they, they hit them the nail on the head in every aspect of horror, in my opinion. And this is the perfect Halloween game. And what about a score, my man? Yeah, uh, finally, I I would have to give this game a 9.7 out of 10, even to today's standards. Like I I went back, played it with headphones on, and there were times where I would have to stop and try to find safety just so my heart would stop beating so fast.
0: That's not that I figured even like with the mechanics and kind of the clunkiness, I figured it, that was probably going to dock at a good amount of points. So it must be pretty good for you to still feel like it's justifiable to give the game a 9.7 out of 10.
2: It really is. I mean, the clunky mechanics really have not weighed me down too much, with the exception of a couple rooms where there's an unkillable enemy and you just have to wait until somebody unlocks the door for you. Because, you know, you'll get caught in a corner and you try to turn around and you can't because they just keep mashing you in that corner. But, I mean, other other than that, no, this this game, absolutely phenomenal. Everybody should go try it for themselves. And so I guess that leaves you, JP. What are you playing this week now that we're done talking about horrible, horrible things? <laughs>
0: Yeah, no kidding. I, although, to be fair, I'm pumped. I want to see if I can go pick this up for my 360 or something. See if I oh, can, find you can it like, get it like
2: $10 dirt cheap on really any platform. It's on Sony and Microsoft.
0: Yeah, I'll have to take a look. It's probably in like some type of trilogy pack by now, I'm assuming, right? Um, Maybe I think you can get a trilogy pack. But ultimately,
2: I think you can just pick it up singularly. I do have a physical copy if you wanted to play it on your
0: 360. Oh, that'd be great. But anyway, let's talk about me, <laughs> me, 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 So the game that I have been playing lately is Hyrule Warriors Definitive Edition.
2: Ooh, getting pumped for Age of Calamity, are we?
0: That's exactly it. That's why I've picked this up. So why why I was interested in this game in the first place, obviously, you know, Zelda is my favorite game franchise of all time. But every once in a while, they come out with like some type of spin-off game that is Zelda esque, but like completely different in what makes Zelda Zelda and like the gameplay and things like that. And that's what Hyrule's Warrior, Hyrule Warriors is. So my original interest in the game was the fact that it was a Legend of Zelda game, technically, and it originally came out for the Wii U. And I didn't own a Wii U because it's the Wii U. But the Nintendo Switch came out with it a definitive edition right about the time The switch launched back in 2017 i think the definitive edition probably came out about six months later somewhere around there
2: definitely smart for nintendo to port all of their wii u titles to the switch which actually sees use
0: (laughs) yeah they knew what they were doing they knew what they were doing that's kind of when i bought the game but i only played it for like an hour before i put it down and it got hardcore backlogged i don't know why it's not that i wasn't having fun with the game it's just it's the way it goes you know something more pertinent comes up. You know, I was probably still playing Breath of the Wild, which I would consider a more mainstream Zelda title. But For the last couple of months, we've been talking about Age of Calamity, and I'm really, really hyped for that game because it does more to like add on to Breath of the Wild rather than being its own thing, because that's what Hyrule Warriors is, is. It's really its own game with its own story that just happens to feature some characters from The Legend of Zelda. So that's why I picked it up recently. I've owned the game for almost two years. But I finally, about a week ago, actually put it back into my switch and started picking up where I left off like a year and a half ago. And I've been having a great time. So let's start by talking about the graphics and the art style. It's actually a pretty good graphics art style system. It's more um, it's not cartoony ish in nature. It's got more of that kind of serious Zelda feel with it to it. More like Twilight Princess. I'd compare it to. Oh, really? Yeah, honestly, that one was dark. It was. And that's actually the point I was about to make is it's more like the art style of Twilight Princess um, with the colors of Skyward Sword. So, yeah, it's got an interesting combination of like really good looking characters with kind of colors that pop, because that's what a lot of people had to say about Twilight Princess was that, you know, the characters looked good, but everything was so dark and grim. And I personally loved it for that reason, because it was so different. Oh, the scatolas were terrifying. Yeah, they really were like and the whole tone of the game had such a dark feel to it anyway that I felt like it was all appropriate. But I see how it rubbed people the wrong way. I mean, how,
2: how could you not get darkness from Twilight Princess? It's not going to be a game about rainbows.
0: Yeah, you're not kidding. I digress. Anyway, that's kind of what we're seeing here with the art style and the graphics for uh, Hyrule Warriors. And especially with the definitive edition that came to the Switch, it just got a boost in graphics fidelity, too. So it's a really good looking game that plays well, honestly. Characters. So what's interesting about this game is, like I said, it's not technically a mainstream Zelda title. It's got its own little roster here. So obviously it features Link as your main protagonist. But that's just the thing is there's actually tons of different characters you can play as in the game. Um, You can play as Impa, you can play as Sheik, you can play as Zelda. uh, And then you've got, you know, a few of the protagonists that we know from different Zelda titles. That's the great thing about this game is that it doesn't just feature characters from one Zelda game. It has a conglomerate. For example, you can play as Darunia and as Ruto from, you know, good old Ocarina of Time. But then it features really unique playable characters like Agatha from Twilight Princess, you remember the bug chick? Oh, I hated her. I I found no, two no. of every
2: single bug for her, male and female, male and female, every single species.
0: Well, you good for good news for you. You can also play as Midna. That that would be kind of cool, Midna. And you've got zont you've Got a little diversity there. Isn't Skull Kid a character too? He may be. I haven't completely gotten through the game yet, so like I've only unlocked a decent little roster of characters here. So let's see, you can, you've can you got Fee and uh, him from Skyward Sword, which is an incredibly underrated Zelda game. You've got, you can play as Ganondorf at some point, but then they really took like a few characters out of left field. Like you can play as uh, that little bunny guy from A Link Between Worlds, I think his name is Revali. And heck, at some point, I think Tetra from Ocarina or uh, Wind Waker. Is a playable character, too. They went all out on making a really unique, playable cast in this game. Yeah, that's all things Zelda. And on top of that, they've got a few characters that they created just for this game. So, like, right now, the main uh, antagonists, their names are Sia and Volga. And... I'm pr- and uh, there's a Wizro character too, I'm pretty sure they're all just working for Ganondorf because that's how it rolls. Even in Twilight Princess, where it looked like Zaunt was going to be your main antagonist, Ganondorf swooped in last second and became the main antagonist again, and it's just like, oh, okay. I, whatever ends up happening in this game, I am 90% sure that Ganondorf is going to be the main antagonist. But you've got a really unique lineup of characters that are all playable. The story. In that regard, it's actually more of a typical Zelda game. Um you know, evil has come across the world. Zelda, you think that Zelda gets kidnapped, but that's where Sheik comes in because it actually plays off a little of the Ocarina of Time thing going on there where you know Sheik becomes a fighter and you're kind of trying to look for Princess Zelda together, only to find out that, well, Sheik is Princess Zelda. Spoiler alert <laughs>
2: <for M. laughs> really pulled the wool over on my eyes on that one.
1: Yeah.
0: What year did Ocarina of Time come out? Oh, 1997? Yeah, right. 98, 97. So, yeah, spoilers for a game that's 23 years old. Might be. That's might be. Might be. I mean, everybody should
2: already know that if they played Super Smash Brothers.
0: They're like, hey, wait, why does Zelda just turn into Sheik? That's odd. <laughs> <laughs> Not putting the pieces together. I know I didn't. <laughs> there was a time where finding out that Sheik was Zelda was actually a surprising twist.
2: Yeah, when I was like eight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway so the story is a little you know cut and dry there's a bad guy everybody needs to go beat the bad guy but honestly hyrule warriors isn't a game that's supposed to have a super in-depth story anyway where this game really shines in my opinion is the gameplay and the game mechanics. so as opposed to you know your typical zelda adventure where you play as link and you get out there and you go on the quest you kind of roam around to your own free will beat bad guys as you feel like coming across them the gameplay for this game is more strictly beat-em-ups so hordes upon hordes of enemies come your way and your goal is to defeat them all and go to keeps and capture keeps and you know run all across this battlefield to help out your en- your uh kind of the people who are helping you out your own armies as they get attacked it's strictly beat them up and we've never seen that in a Zelda game before which is what makes this game really unique and why I'm really excited for Age of Calamity and most importantly why I don't know why I backlogged this in the first place it's a lot of fun
2: yeah you know I think uh, Zach made the apt comparison a few episodes ago that the gameplay for Hyrule Warriors is very reminiscent of Dynasty Warriors
0: and that's true so I mean like in that department it's not too special with the gameplay but like mixing it in with the Zelda characters it just made it work so well it just works I don't it really does I have a couple of issues with like the alert system that it because like when a keep that you have is in trouble and you got to go back to defend it it doesn't do a very great job of telling you where you need to go or like what your objective is at the time you've got to. I wish it were more like in your face about what it is that you're supposed to be doing because sometimes I get kind of lost I can I can usually figure it out after like kind of looking around this map, but when you're the goal of the game is to go through hordes of enemies, you're not constantly looking at the map. So I don't know. In that regards in those regards, I think they could have done a little bit better of a job kind of just letting you know what your objective is at that current moment. But it's not a game breaker by any means. It's something that you can work with. I don't know. Going from games where I'm usually super story driven to just something where my only goal is just to beat the shit out of as many things that I can. It's kind of nice. I don't know.
2: So that's that's like the gameplay and game mechanics. How about the item management? Do you get different armors, different Ah. weapons that you can equip with people? Can you upgrade them?
0: That's actually a great question. When you're about to enter a match, there are different variants. It's like you get the same items, but there's like stronger items, if that makes sense, like maybe you play a game and you defeat an enemy, and you pick up some items. Well, you kind of go through the items that you win once you uh, finish that particular game that can be used in your next match. And every character has individual items. So, like, if you're playing as, let's just keep using Link, um, and you defeat an enemy, there are swords that you can pick up on the battlefield as enemies drop them. They can't be used until the game is over. Um, But, yeah, there's, like, items and, like, better weapons that you can pick up in those regards there is a little bit of item management on the battlefield while you're actually in the middle of the game um you can swap through weapons that not only do damage to enemies but also do like damage to the world around you like maybe you need to break rocks or maybe there's like a target that you need to hit or even like you know something that needs to be hook shotted you have an unlimited source of bombs, arrows, uh, the hookshot and an ocarina to help you transfer around the field as need be. So, and that's universal to every character. And it's kind of it's kind of nice that those items don't run out because once again, the goal of the game isn't to be like an item management classic Zelda game. It's to be a beat 'em up. So, you get an unlimited supply of all these weapons, but it's just to keep the battle going and make you feel like, you know, it's super fast-paced and fun, which it is. I hope that answered your questions, Zar. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, it got me
2: my interest peaked in it. I like I like games where you can improve upon the inventory that you have without it actually being centered around inventory management. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, with the weapons that you pick up, I mean, uh, some of the weapons with a stronger like attack rating also have like some type of ability with them. Like maybe you find more rupees, maybe you get more experience. Uh, I don't know, maybe your boomerang's stronger. And what you can do is you can actually, there's an apothecary that lets you, if you have like a really strong weapon that has an empty uh, magic slot, you can actually take the magic of like an item that like maybe you like its ability, but it's a weaker weapon and you can fuse that with your stronger weapon. So now you've got the stronger weapon with the better ability. It's really cool.
2: This game is a lot more intricate than I originally thought. I I'm I'm digging it.
0: And the the thing is, like, it can be intricate, but another problem I kind of had with the game is I don't think it did a very good job of explaining these things to you when you first open up the game. It's all stuff that you kind of have to figure out on your own.
2: But that's pretty reminiscent of every Zelda game, though. They never hold your
0: hand. (laughs) Yeah, you're not. You're totally not wrong. Maybe it takes more from Zelda than I gave it credit for. (laughs) Uh, Final thoughts. This is a fantastic game. I am kicking myself for sleeping on it for so long. But at the same time, I'm very happy that I decided to come back to it because it is getting me very pumped for Age of Calamity. If you're a big Zelda fan, like you may come off as a little disappointed that it's not a classic Zelda adventure. But at the same time, it's a nice break from those Zelda adventures because instead of this story driven game where it's like, go to point A to collect the thing and then bring it to person B so that you can get into the cave and do the dungeon, Zelda's very formulaic. I mean, let's just face it; it really is. And Breath of the Wild may have been the game to break that streak, but for the most part, Zelda's very formulaic. So to have a product that has Zelda characters in it, but is so different and so unique from other Zelda titles, I think it's a fantastic game. It certainly it holds up too. It's one of the only Switch games that really hasn't dropped in price yet. It's it's a nice change in pace i mean we all know that link's a badass
2: but sometimes you want to see him go full badass because in most zelda games you're fighting one to three enemies at a time in this you're just romping through dozens of enemies in seconds and that's that's a really cool break in in the normal zelda formula
0: exactly and that's why i think this game is special like it, it really is a lot of fun it's got a couple of flaws like any game does but it's a nice break and it's a lot of fun and if you're a zelda fan you're gonna like this game
2: all right so with all that being said what would you give a score to this game
0: personally i would give it an 8.7 out of 10 oh like i said it's got flaws it has flaws, and I think that's why it's harder to get in. Like, you you did make the point that there's no such thing as a Zelda game that likes to hold your hand, especially Breath of the Wild. Um, but you could say that about Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time. You got to figure out shit for yourself.
2: Oh, Majora's Mask especially.
0: Oh, my God. I like how they don't actually give you the song of slowing down time. You just happen to talk to a guy in the corner of a room who just happens to give it to you. Yeah, and if you don't get it, then you're never going to beat the game. Yeah, precisely. And it's something that's so easy to overlook, too. Other than that, it really is a lot of fun. It's not super long either, which I actually don't particularly have a problem with. You can get through, there's 20 levels and you can get through it all in like probably about like 10, 10 to 12 hours. But there's a lot of collectibles and there's a lot of reasons to go back. It's got great replayability, great replay value, too. And so I think that's what brought it to an 8.7 for me.
1: Man, we had a bunch of fire games, man. We got 8.7, we got a nine, we got a nine point, what'd you give Dead Space, 9.7? I think, yeah, 9.7.
0: Yeah, absolutely, we really did. We should make an episode where we just play straight garbage. (laughs) I mean, I could
2: talk about Alone in the Dark all day if you want.
0: We'll make that the episode for next time. Yeah, boys, I'm so glad to uh, dip more into the backlog and just uh, play some good things. I'm dipping in the backlog. Uh Czar, you're getting in the mood for spoopy season. And Zach, you are giving in to old habits. Why
2: are you yelling? I'm not yelling. Shut up! Are you guys itchy too? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's red. Why's everything red? Zach, have you been playing your virtual boy again? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody's playing the virtual boy czar. <laughs> Which is why it's such a huge collectible item now, but still. Right? Oh, yeah, I would kill to see a Nintendo boy in real life. I'd never use it, but I'd love to own one. Right. Just part of a collection. I don't want to have an aneurysm. Boys, just talking about the games that we've been playing for a change has been nice. Like so many great things have been happening for the podcast and us lately. It's just it's nice to just talk about games. I'm ready to get back into my backlog. All right. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your game tea.
1: Bye.